Welcome back. You are listening to Joygasm, video game and movie podcast. I'm Russ, Xbox Live Toasted 360. He is Steve, Xbox Live Stevevich. And this is The Way. In episode 220 today, April 15th, 2021. We are going to be chatting it up all chatty Cathy style before going into our topic of the day, which I am particularly excited and finally being able to do. The Mandalorian Season 2 Review, which you could fast forward to if you look at the timestamps located in your favorite podcast provider detailed section below. Steve, I love the shirt that you're wearing. Yeah, it's got the initial of your middle name, Ross. (laughs) I hadn't (laughs) thought of it that way, but since you brought it up. Yep, yep, yep. Yep, I didn't think of it either until you just said something. Middle name. Jehoshaphat. <laughs> Jaime. <laughs> Jingle all the way. Middle name is Geronimo. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a G. Could be a J. <laughs> you, you know, in this day and age, the way people spell their names, you never know. You never know. Uh, unique. Indeed. How was your week, Steve? Well, the week's been going fast. Ah, It's good to see you, Steve. I'm like a bundle of just (laughs) sparklers. (laughs) That thumb is right in my collarbone. Gamer thumb right there, son. Like a massage therapist with them thumbs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, right there, my girl. You want uh, Swedish massage? Girl. You like Swedish massage? I give you a Swedish massage. Yeah. You're like, oh, that feels good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> ah! Oh. Yeah. Uh-uh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Well, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I just had to get that out. No, because, I uh, could use a massage. Hmm. I could. On my buttocks. On your buttocks. Normally, I would say I would not touch your buttocks. I sit all day, and my rear hmm. gets a little cramped. I do have this sadistic image in my head of uh, taking one of those thumpers, those, those electric, uh, you know, like, like thigh thumpers that you see on nah. Instagram and Facebook. That's the weirdest thing. You know how they do that, like, personalized advertising? I don't know what it is, but it's like every time I go on to, like, Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, I get just bombarded. (laughs) Not the podcast, but literally. (laughs) What'd you think of that, Nikki? Nick Goodrich. If you haven't seen Bombarded, we definitely recommend it. It's a good show. It's a good show. It's a great show. Don't know what they're talking about personally, but D and D, Steve. They are entertaining. D E D. Get your vitamins, Russ. Day E Day. There you go. That's what it is. Day E Day. What were we talking about again? <sighs> uh, massaging your buttocks. Right. Yes. Your gluteus. Glutes. Uh, Peachibus. Right. Paramus. Maximus. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I do have a sadistic uh, vision in my head of mm. being able to. Oh, you were telling us about the personalized ads. Well, yes, thank you. 
So anyway, you have, I do listen. I'm sure you've seen these ads at least at some point where like they're showing like like some sort of like weird like handheld jackhammer electronic thumper thing. It's like, oh yeah, you working out all day? Need to be able to loosen up the house. <laughs> I have this image no. in my head of being able to do that, but I would don a hard hat and the standard orange construction vest, complete with reflectors and a mullet. And a mullet. And a mullet. Absolutely. Although, you know what? I think I would have a bit of a problem with that. Because there's not much up top. There's not much business representation up top. So it might just... uh, (laughs) Like a half mullet. (laughs) It would be like more of a barbarian horde. uh, You know, only the hair in the back and it's long. I'm like... (laughs) Yeah. Be one of those, Steve. Uh, I'm getting all kinds of (laughs) savagery. All kinds. Perhaps if you got real lucky, I put on some chest paint, like one of those barbarians. The one, could you paint a face that would like, do different expressions when you're running and your skin oh, will be nice. stretching and like shaking and stuff? Like, <laughs> you're like, that's your stomach, but it's making faces at me. <laughs> that's a good idea. <laughs> Perhaps I would be extra saucy and do everything upside down so that if I happen to, I don't know, fall out of a chair or fall asleep upside down, something like that, then people will also be just as perplexed and amazed. I don't think they'd do any pranks against you. It's like one of those paintings. Yeah, I'll stop. Where, you know, you, you, you see someone drawing, you're like, oh, that's amazing. I, I can't quite make out what it is, but I think I'm on the cusp of it. And then they rotate it around all of a sudden. You're like, ah, it's Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, guys. I forgot what I was even talking about. <laughs> I don't even know anymore. Uh, I feel like I'm uh, like a Warshak at this point. Like, what do you see? <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> There's a, a mullet and a barbarian and a batox. There's a jockey playing croquet on a four-wheeler somewhere with the griffin in the background or something. <laughs> I don't even know. With a Geronimo. <laughs> with a J. What have you been playing? We've been watching. Ross, I haven't played a freaking thing. That's not true. I've hardly. Really? I refuse to believe that. We didn't twitch. The last seven days? I didn't twitch with you. True. Okay, maybe I played like a pinch. Sorry. (laughs) Of Jurassic Park. But by a pinch, I mean like a goose. Ooh. I mean like like a twister. Um, I haven't really been playing anything, Rosa. Haven't been playing anything. What have you been watching? Well, I've been binging The Mandalorian. I'll tell you that much. As well, you should. Watched episode four of the uh, the Birdie and the Cold Guy. (laughs) Sorry, my knee and you a little bit there under the table. (laughs) He's transcended playing footsie. And now he's gone to playing knee Anyhow, that's been about it, Russ. There's been binge-watching all week. When I have time... Well, if you had to binge-watch something, that is what I highly recommend you binge. Well, good. Indeed. You? What have you been doing? Let me see. I have been playing Control Ultimate. What are you doing? What are you playing? I must say. What are you watching? Control Ultimate 
So let me let me back. Up. Okay, you lost me. Let me, let me. let me back up a little bit. So I originally bought the the control game for the Xbox. So I bought the control. I bought. I took control of control. And then I <laughs> and then I bought the system. And then I plugged everything in. I took control of my controller to play control. Let me back up even more. I woke up one day. <laughs> so anyway, I had played the game differently um, the first time around, but I didn't get that far. Oh. So like, so I, you know, I got, I would say maybe about yeah, I don't sure. know, 20, 25% into the game before 15 minutes. I ended up like, no, no, much longer than that. <laughs> but I ended up not playing all the way through. And it was one of those games that I did want to get through because it actually was um, just really, really cool and, and everything else. But then it was, it's like one of those situations where you get a bunch of games and it, they just kind of get backlogged anyway. So know. Remedy ended up re-releasing the game as Control Ultimate. And um, so I started the game over, totally fine with that, because I want to say I couldn't remember like what I was doing the first time. But I realized as I've been playing that I've actually taken kind of a different course entirely uh-huh. than the first time. So therefore, like certain abilities that I had the first time, uh-huh. I don't have this time. Mm. But... I have certain other abilities that I have this time that I didn't have last time. And I've gone to certain areas within this, you know, government building or whatever that I was not at previously. So I think that's pretty cool. That's pretty sweet, Russ. I was anticipating it to be just strictly linear. And I mean, to a certain extent, because it is a a single player story driven narrative, it's still there, but it's interesting how, I mean, I've been really, going to certain places that Mm -hmm. I'm like, whoa, I've never been here. And it's crazy because I know for a fact that I didn't finish some of the other quests or missions that I did the first time around. Mm. So I'm having fun with it. The one thing though, that perplexes me. Sure. And it's happened both playthroughs so far is I'm a little unsure of kind of the context. Cause like they, they're, they're throwing in like, remember when you were watching me play for a little bit yeah, and, I passed and, out. Yeah, and they were referring to me as like, "Oh, you're the director," and like, <laughs> you have they, like they wordsmith certain items or people of significance, and I'm assuming that these things will become more revealed or apparent as I play through the game. But as of right now, it, it's it's kind of a I don't know, like like a like just a confusing, like I'm playing through and I'm having fun with the actual gameplay. Sure. But when it comes to the, the exposition, I'm like, I don't really understand what it is that's happening. And I think they, that's probably intentional and you know, it'll be kind of like an X files ish kind of thing that hopefully will be revealed later on. But, uh, hopefully <clears throat> indeed, I was also watching the Falcon and the winter soldier. Okay. So I'm caught up. Are you caught up all the way? If caught up means episode four, then yes. 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 Yeah. Now, did you... Okay, so that was that was something else that you watched since last time. I just time. said. The, what, the, you didn't say the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, did you? Well, apparently I didn't, Russ. You, Maybe you, we have to hit rewind. You said you binge watched The Mandalorian. And I watched The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, episode four. Did you, did you say that earlier? Because I could have swore you didn't say that. Yeah, you know what? You could also swear that I haven't watched like 5,000 movies with you in the theater. It's never a good idea to swear, Steve. Okay. 
Well, we're at an impasse here, Russ. Nonsense. We're just getting started. <laughs> so, yes. So, what is your impression so far of where everything is at, considering that there are only two episodes left? Well, episode four was pretty good, Russ. But they have a lot of explaining to do. And two more episodes. I've already started taking notes for when, when we do the review. Yes. Uh-huh. Next week, actually, is when we're going to be doing our review of the entire season of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But I, I, you know, it's interesting. I think that the, the show started out okay and it had kind of the obligatory needing to get through the initial introductions of the characters where they are now that it's post Avengers Endgame and all that. Right. And so there was a bit of like a lull area there. However, I've noticed that it's really started to, to pick up for the better. And I think episode four was probably one of my favorite episodes out of the four. I would say so. I, I think episode three kind of took a little bit of a lull. Mm. It wasn't, and it wasn't, well, no, we're, we're going to talk about it we're next week. Well, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, so, uh, <gasps> hold my breath on that one. <laughs> Gag order. <laughs> anyway, what else have you been doing? It's been a few more days in the week, Russ. You got to be doing something. Uh, I, I did place more Overwatch. Did you? I did. Not a whole lot. Mm. I, um, I'm having a bit of a, a conflict. Mm. Because I'm I'm getting to the point where I have just about enough gamer credits to be able to purchase one of the archive skins. Eh. And I don't know which one to get. Well, who do you play the most? Of the ones that you're thinking of getting. Well, so I really like the Tracer skin. She has the um, kind of the, the British, the, the, the old revolutionary British soldier look. Uh, but I also like Widowmaker. Widowmaker has more of like the, the French Legionnaire skin. It's almost kind of like uh, running parallel to, to the time frame of, of what Tracer has. Uh-huh. Those, those two are really standing out to me. Hmm. But I think Zenyatta has one too, if I'm not mistaken. That's pretty cool. Yeah, but I mean, who do you play them? If you would probably get the Tracer because you probably tr- would play Tracer over like Widowmaker and everybody else. I mean, you, you never play Zenyatta. Yeah, that's true. You tend to be more of a Zenyatta. But I, I find I, a lot of his skins to actually be really, I don't know, thoughtful. Like, they, they, oh. they you can tell that there's a lot of TLC that's put into to the Zenyatta skins. I've actually, I've purchased quite a few of the Zenyatta skins, despite the fact that I really hardly ever play as Zenyatta. Why would you do that, Russ? You see, if you didn't buy all those skins, mm. you would have some extra credit. I would. To buy other stuff for other characters that you do play. It's very true, Steve. It's very true. I don't know. In fact, I think what I'm going to actually end up doing is I'm going to make a conscious effort to not just go to my mains because my main is D.Va and Farrah most of the time. But like Widowmaker, for example, is a character that I have played a little bit here and there in the past and She's a really great character, but I haven't put the time in to get to get good with her. If you know what I'm saying? And I think Zenyatta is the same way. We're like, I've played Zenyatta a little bit here and there. And I know that, I mean, in, in the hands of a capable Zenyatta expert. Hey, <laughs> that's not me. You're, you're getting there, Steve. Yeah. You're getting there. But I mean, he or it, technically it's a, it's a <laughs> cyborg robot. The thingy. being... Of mechanical prowess. Very 
yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, very, very much a, a character to be reckoned with. So, you know, a few of those. I want to be able to branch out. And I feel like I've been doing myself a disservice, actually, by not putting more time into others. You have. So it could very well be, Steve, that in the near future, as we play Overwatch, uh, we, we may be back to losing some rounds here and there because uh, of my desire to want to, like, play with some of these other characters. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I wasn't going to say anything, Ross, but um, you have been doing yourself a disservice. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. Looking for the child? It's time for the topic of the day! topic of the day is the Mandalorian season two review. I have been so much looking forward to this particular episode because I watched this season when it first came out. And this man here forbade me in a kind of... Uh, that guy? <laughs> made it so that <laughs> Don't believe his smile. A lot of ill intent with this man. Just kidding. Okay. <laughs> anyway, we were unable to actually uh, review the season because he took forever. It's fault. However, better late than never, I say. That's right, Russ. So I'm going to kick it over to you, Steve. Yes, Russ. Now, we never reviewed the season one of Mandalorian and I don't want to get lost uh, in the weeds, but yes, I would like to know from you just uh, really briefly. What did you think of the Mandalorian season one and then going into Mandalorian season two season one? <clears throat> I would say so season one was definitely a little bit slower than season two. Um, but I mean, that's, I think that's what the season, the first season is supposed to be. It's supposed to give you the background, let you know the, the characters a little more get into the nitty gritty. Um, and that's what season one was for. I mean, you got to know the characters, you kind of know a lot of the planets that they're hopping around on. Um, you got to kind of explore his ship, you know, his armor, you know, his backstory and all that stuff. I mean, that's important, Russ. It's building the foundation. That's what this first season is for. Mm -hmm. The second season. Yeah. You already know all that stuff. So you don't have to cover it again. Now you can focus on the PPU and the explosions. You know, flight stuff, you know, blown crap up. That's when the good stuff comes. <sighs> but season one, I mean, um, I mean, they they kind of had me at hello with the first episode. I just didn't have Disney Plus at the time, so I couldn't continue it. And I can't spend all the time over here, Russ. So uh, I invited him, as Gandalf would say, I was delayed and <laughs> <laughs> watching it. But uh, when we got Disney Plus, I had to, to catch up. And I said I would, and I did. Indeed. So you're welcome. <laughs> More like you're welcome. 
<laughs> Didn't even know the Mandalorian was about to get watched. Ah, uh, Mando. Mandalorian season two for me. Um, I didn't ask him. Man, I, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm talking to them. Okay, fine. Don't worry, I'm talking to you too. <clears throat> Mandalorian season two. I thought, what well, honestly, if if I'm gonna like, and this is not being hyperbolic, it was a triumph because. Mandalorian season one, like no one knew what to expect when, when we were watching season one of Mandalorian. And there were so many things that John Favreau, who uh, was really at the, the forefront of the show, Johnny Favs, man, like they really did bring out a lot of what I honestly wished was in the, the star Wars movies of uh, episode sure. seven, eight, nine. Yeah. I mean, it, it really is crazy when I think about how much TLC went into just the world. And I think that they did a great job of exemplifying how you can take just a microcosm portion of like the whole universe that is star Wars and create brand new characters, be able to have all kinds of different elements that we've all come to know and sure. love when it comes to the various star Wars movies. But what was super cool was that I loved, first of all, like the, the, t the placing of where they put it in the, the timeline was pretty soon, like after episode six. And it was really neat to be able to like, like see them leverage a lot of kind of the, the visual design sensibilities from episodes four, five, and six, which, which were the original trilogy that George Lucas made back in the, the late seventies and early eighties. I personally like to give you an example. Like I'm a big fan of the original stormtrooper design. Okay. And when it comes to like the, the, the new stormtrooper designs in episode seven, eight, nine, um, I think, I think they're okay. They're, they're, they're pretty good. But if I were, were given a choice, you just, you cannot replace like the, the classic stormtrooper sure. look. And also if you notice too, um, the voices of all the stormtroopers were properly represented from the movies sure. themselves. Yeah. So the little, little touches like that, I, I really appreciated. And I think one of the things that was interesting about season one was how they treated it like a spaghetti Western, which makes sense because of the type of character class that the Mandalorians are in and, and more specifically like how, they were trying to figure out like, okay, how can we distinguish ourselves from what's already been done with the various star Wars movies and TV shows, that sort of thing. But how do we also stay within that same world? Fast forward to season two. I feel like season two, I've used this analogy before, but I feel like it was very similar to Lord of the Rings, two towers where like, you're, you're really like, thrust in continuing. You don't, they don't necessarily have like some sort of huge, like epic moment at the very, very beginning of episode one. But if you think about it, um, it picks like, up where the first one left off. Well, it picks up where the first one left off, but also too, like for instance, like they were in that, that um, I think it was like an episode two. I want to, it's been a, a minute since I've seen the season. Uh, but like when, remember when they go into that, that like glacier area, like they're being pursued uh -huh. by the X-wing fighters yeah. and then they had those weird, like alien spider, snow spider that's the frog things. one. That is the fr well, frog one. The frog one. That's when, um, 
the Mandalorian is paid to bring the right. lady frog back with her frog alien basket of eggs. What did you think about like when the child started eating the eggs? You know, I thought at first, oh, I thought it was funny. I mean, the thing's a carnivore. I mean, it's eating like, <laughs> you know, anything alive pretty much. He's not eating plants. Uh, so <laughs> baby Yoda is not a vegan, Russ. Nope. No. Uh, <laughs> But I kind of thought they kind of did it a little bit too much. I thought, okay, where are they going with this? Because they kept on eating the babies. You know, and I thought, okay, this is going to be terrible in the end. I mean, at, at one, at some point it got to be like not funny. And I thought, okay, th- this is, this has got to be leading to something because they keep on showing baby Yoda devouring these eggs. Well, you heard about how they were saying how the, that species is actually pretty rare. Right. And how like the, they only have a finite amount of eggs that they'll ever lay or something like that. So yeah, it, it did go from being like this funny, cutesy, like uh, 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 kind of thing to then I start feeling kind of bad for the, the yeah. mom, the mother alien frog. So I'm like, man, like this child, like, uh, is needs to be disciplined or something here. This is kind of messed up. But, but at the same time, it's like that weird, like, you know, nature is always like, I don't know. <laughs> nature finds a way. Yeah. Where there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> nature can be so cruel sometimes. <laughs> yeah. No, that was terrible. And, especially, I, and I don't even think the, the mother frog alien saw baby Yoda doing that. Grogu. Grogu doing that. I, th- well, yeah, I still refer to, Baby Yoda is Baby Yoda. But it's not Yoda's baby. I know. I resist. <laughs> but until we find the name of Grogu, we I mean, you kind of have to say, everybody referred to him as Baby Yoda. I mean, what yeah. else are you going to call it? And yeah, everybody either calls it the child or calls it Baby Yoda. I just call it Baby Yoda because it looks like freaking Baby Yoda. <laughs> Alien Dumbo. With the big ears. <laughs> Can you fly? <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Tell me about what you thought overall of season oh, two. Okay, yeah, Russ. Um, like, were you excited? Like, were you, were you yeah. drawn in? Did it immerse I, you? Were you impressed? I was drawn in, but it really took off uh, around, like, the last three episodes. Like, <laughs> you're all about, like, the last, like, two well, or three episodes. No, no, no. <laughs> so... I mean, yeah, well, it's the last three that I watched kind of all at once, but, uh, <laughs> but I mean, Steve's sitting there, <laughs> what's going to happen? Oh. What's going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's, it, it's kind of all exciting, but all not very intense. I mean, uh, but it, that's not to say it's a bad thing, but towards the end, I mean, we got to see Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. And we got to see his ship, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, I can recognize that. And then, um, I mean, I I love Gina Carano's character, and I love the the character who was also the the Boba Fett's like sniper, uh, yes. girl. Uh-huh. I mean, everybody had just like chemistry, and I, I mean, everything meshed at that point for me. And I mean, Mandalorian knew everybody, you know, for good or for bad, and they all had a plan. And I mean, even like towards the end when they assault the ship, and then the the two like, like I don't even know if they're Mandalorian, but like the girls who had the the Mandalorian armor, but they weren't necessarily Mandalorian. Yes. They, yeah, 
and, and all the stormtroopers were assaulting that bridge, and then they the, the two Mandalorians flew off onto the bridge, and the two girls with the guns were, were shooting, and then they got sabotaged, and then the, the Mandalorian sabotaged them for the back. It's like everybody was thinking the same thing. I thought, man, that's what I like. You bring up an interesting point about how the, the the style of battle in the Mandalorian series is refreshing because we've kind of been used to either lightsabers with Jedis and sure. Sith or like, oh, we have a scoundrel like Han Solo and he has his blaster and, and all that's well and good. I'm not discounting that at all. However, it was super cool to like be able to to be introduced to this this type of species or or religion um, known as the Mandalorians and how they have as as a kid when we watched Star Wars and we saw Boba Fett, we couldn't help but wonder like what other types of weapons and, and stuff was in his arsenal. Well, yeah. But also, like he was a cool looking character. Yeah. And so like and he got like the 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 short end of the stick. Kind of like Vision from Marvel, in my opinion. <laughs> Sand people stick. <laughs> he got the short end of the stick because we go like, man, that guy's cool. Like his helmet and his rocket pack. He's got the gadgets, and then he like he gets. Well, he, and he's also a man of few words. He's a man of few words. He likes he's to blend in. And silent type. Exactly. And he was a great shot. I mean, he was really, really cool. Like he's a villain that. Well, he's not necessarily a vet. He's the bounty hunter, but because you kind of took the side of the He's villain, neutral. He's neutral, but... Highest bidder. Although, okay, Boba Fett was kind of more in the camp of, of Jabba. Yeah. <laughs> I like that guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, and I, I was glad, too, how in the TV series, they actually talked about Boba Fett's relationships. Remember when they went to Jabba's palace? Yes. I thought that was a really neat scene. It was a neat scene. Very reflective. Yeah, offed everybody. Mm -hmm. So anyhow, no, so, um, man, the, but season two had, like, I think better imagery. Um, you I mean, could tell they had more budget. Yeah, it's like they had more budget. They did well with the budget they had. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking to that, uh, the episode, oh, geez, I think it was, like, five, I think, maybe? Where we see the the Jedi with the the tiger stripe mane or whatever. Um, oh yeah, and she had the the two Rosario Dawson. Oh gosh, you know that was her, right? I told you that when I watched the episode. I came on this show and I said, "Hey, that's Rosario Dawson." You're like, "Yeah, I know." You forgot about that too, by the way. Thanks, Ross. I'm slowly losing my mind. Breaking my heart every show. Just a little bit more. <laughs> a little bit more. It's still beating. How about now? <sighs> oh, it's still beating. <laughs> she did a great job. She did a great job. That actually was one of my favorite episodes. Oh, man, you know what? Just what? about every episode in season two. Every episode's my favorite. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> every episode's my favorite. <sighs> Hands down. But like each one... Okay, first of all, did you know no. that they had a different director for every yes. episode? I think that plays to the TV show's strength, honestly, because the entire cast and crew are having to constantly pivot in a fluid manner to whatever kind of new vision the director has. And I think that we kind of, as viewers, benefit from that. Well, I think that's, that's partly due to each episode having its own little story. Yeah. And so, I mean, if like that you took like Zack Snyder and, and Joss Whedon, they go, okay, this is what we're going to do. Okay. Can you take it from here? I'm a, I gotta go. You know, he's going, 
I have cliff notes. Hope this goes well. <laughs> you know? I mean, and, and the Mandalorian, they have, okay, this is going to be this story. And yeah, if you want to write it here, you can go ahead and write it. But I mean, after that's done, we're going to have someone else write it. And you get that fresh perspective every single episode. But yet it all still kind of feels coherent. Yeah. But, um, man, back up to the blasters, though. I mean, when you watch Star Wars, you see a lot of the same blasters. Like, yeah, they kind of have pistols and they kind of have like these sub looking yeah. laser machine guns. I liked how they have a bunch of different looking they guns do. in this one. Um, I also liked, I can also appreciate all the different vehicles. I mean, that's that's my one of my gripes with the last Star Wars movies. And they have all the like the, the ships and stuff, which did look cool in the regular Star Wars. They all kind of look kind of crappy in, in the, the recent Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you had your ground vehicles. I mean, some of the stuff looked like our G.I. Joe toys as kids. I'm like, yes, that thing is awesome. Well, it has, they all had function. Like you could see yeah. those things working and it wasn't yeah. like just like, I know, I know what you're talking about. Like there's that one uh, particular episode where, uh, the, the empire had like these, uh, almost like rolling thunders. Right. And they were carrying those thermal, I don't know what it was, but like highly, uh, unstable explosives, which actually, Okay, let me ask you this. Sure. This is this is like a minor spoiler. Well, I'm going to try and keep this. Well, like, it's kind of spoiler territory. No, no, no. no. I was going to make a comparison to this and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier because mm. they both share a particular action sequence on top of a moving vehicle. Yes, they do. Which one do you prefer? I'm going to say the Mandalorian. Um, Yeah, I'll say the Mandalorian too because honestly... Uh, well, I can't. I can't tell you necessarily why I I don't. You, I don't you, like you don't as go much into detail. I'm just curious. Well, so in the I'll just say the Mandalorian because he doesn't have his armor, and so a lot of his gadgets that he kind of relies on he doesn't have. We got to witness his <laughs> prowess at, at so hand to hand. He's like, all right. Yeah. All right. You want to go fisticuffs? Well, it was to <laughs> me, got nuts. What I think was cool was that it was believable. Yeah, it was believable. Watching him handle himself and and it wasn't like he was this invincible amazing like, you know, martial artist or whatever um, who was never touched. Like he was like brawling up there for a while. The Mandalorian was actually Bruce Lee. <laughs> no. I appreciated though how he did get hit. How like he, sure. you could tell his endurance was was wearing down with every one of those like other pirate skiff things that would come up, and you'd have another like six or eight. Uh, I don't even know what kind of aliens those were, but like basically those alien pirates that were coming on yeah. to the point where like he was pretty spent. I mean, well, he, he yeah. was kind of concerned about how he was going to try and well that ward them off. That third skiff came coming up, and he was laying there looking at him like, I can't yeah. do this gosh why me but i like that though but, but i also like how he got up like he's like i will fight to my last discipline yeah. yeah he got i mean and uh of course the tie fighters came and took them all out but um that was cool it's also i liked bill burr in that in that episode um you got to see i mean when he was talking with that commander and another good scene too yeah. i mean at first he would now he was in Season one. Yes. Right. Yeah. And I, and I kind of was like, okay, no, I, I can take him or leave him in season one. But season two, you got to see this other side where he, I mean, he was, he got arrested, of course, but he got to see his commander who, you know, made some really bad decisions, took out a lot of his buddies and, you know, and his army buddies of sorts. 
uh, as well as killed a bunch of innocent people. And the commander could give two hoots. And he's, I mean, he's steaming there. And the Mandalorian's sitting without his helmet. And anyway, I mean, he's not even looking out. That was awesome. That whole sequence was awesome in, yeah. in terms of like how the Mandalorian had to go against, um, like just, just, you know, how, how they, in his religion, like they have to keep the helmet, keep on. the helmet on and, and how, he, you know, once again, he's a man of principle, right? So like he doesn't just pick and choose which ones he's going to honor and which ones he's not, as opposed to like the, uh, the, the women Mandalorians that oh, like, yeah. he came across. How like wow. they, they clearly kind of picked and choose what they wanted yeah. to do. But that entire scene was was especially tense because that had already happened where, like, they're trying to get through this whole situation. He ends up doing that, which, honestly, I felt bad for him because I was like, man, this is, uh, like, he didn't, he totally didn't have to do that, but he understood the importance of it and, and, and especially with what they were trying to achieve. And then you go from that to then all of a sudden sitting down with some sort of uh, superior officer that clearly... Uh, had some kind of history yeah. with with uh, what was the character's name? I could tell you. No, you don't have to look. You know, I just I just know if you had knew offhand. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that that there was that intense exchange where the, the the superior officer didn't recognize who he was, but the guy was was obviously getting triggered by being in this person's presence and how he was like just kind of egging him forward and making him remember the error of his ways. And then all the while you have Mando over there and he's just standing like, dude, don't blow it. What are <laughs> we you got doing? one shot. Yeah. No, that one, that, that, that was awesome. That was so cool. Um, and then that was the last we saw of Bill Burr. I mean, he runs off on the island. I thought that guy's going to die. I mean, he was just like, you know, they killed a you never bunch know. of pirates and the empire is still there. And I mean, I guess he can hold his own. But remember, they, the whole approach to the show is that it's a spaghetti Western. And if you don't actually see someone physically die, that means they have a chance of coming back. Yeah. Well, like it's, it's, it's like kind right. of almost like celebrated in that genre of film. Well, that's kind of just Hollywood altogether. If you don't actually see somebody die. Then True. Yeah. 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 One thing I could really appreciate is, um, I, I got to give the nod to Pedro Pascal because, uh, a lot of their, the, his nonverbal communication, I mean, that's just right up my alley. Yeah. And he's wearing armor. You can't see his face at all, but, uh, there were certain moments where, you know, it, it would be his, like the, the way he would nod or the way that he would like hold his head or hold his head up high. Um, and it wasn't just like still, but you could tell that he just had the, the emotion without wearing it on his sleeve all the time. Yeah. Um, he emoted a lot through his body language. He would, he emoted a lot through through his body language. And I, and I, I, I don't know. I really appreciate that because you can't see his face and yeah, eventually you do. Um, I mean, but, like what, like 95% of the, of the entire series so far, you don't see his face. And so the rest of it is just that cool looking mask and armor and a mm. cape and a bunch of weapons. But you still kind of know what what he looks like, even though you can't see him. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was cool. I mean, like even towards the end when um, little baby Yoda it wants to see his face or he's like touching the mask and Luke's about to take him away. Uh, I mean, it was it was great. I thought it was it was just really well done. Backing up to one of the episodes that they had where they introduced some of the other Mandalorians. And in, in this case, I think it was like, wasn't it like two female, one male? Like there, there were a group of them. Yeah. I thought there was another dude there. Yeah. I, they ended up, I think there were 
like the, the two women were kind of front and center. They were more right. of, of like the characters that we saw more of in right. terms of, of their tribe or whatever they, they call them. Uh, but it was really cool to like, I think the first time we see them was weren't, weren't they on some kind of like, like fishing sh- yeah, it was like a well, vessel or something like that. Like yeah. they got tricked. Yeah, no. Well, what happened was, I, I don't know why the Mandalorian, I guess maybe it was a long distance. I don't know why he couldn't fly there. Maybe his ship had to get repaired, but this, uh, he somehow had to go on this. He had to go on this vessel to meet with a certain somebody. That's right. And they, well, he didn't know where they were going. That's why he had to get on the boat. He had to like basically go along to, in order to sure. talk to this person to get information. But then once he got the information, then he knew precisely how to get back. Right. But on the way there, um, these dangerous fishermen folk tricked him Mm-hmm. Uh, they want to show them how they feed their this like octopus of sorts. That was cool. And um, I thought oh, I know what's exactly what's going to happen. Sure enough, they like to try and toss them in there. And um, then the other Mandalorian clan comes in and saves the day. I thought that was actually another really strong moment within the season overall. I've, I've always really appreciated those scenes where like suddenly you have multiple Mandalorians that are all battling because like, if you have just one Mandalorian, that's a problem. Like if you're on the other end of their barrel or flamethrower or whatever, right? Like they're, they're extremely adept at survival and being able to kick some serious booty if they need to. So imagine if you have like six of them in your presence or I don't know, 12 of them. And like, even at the end of season one, you do see how like there's that, the, the the resurgence of that Mandalorian clan, which I thought was awesome. Like just some of the visual spectacle that we saw, man, I was like, this is a payoff. This is really, really cool. But I'm glad that it wasn't just the only time we got to see that. And this one, even though it was a smaller encounter, we still got to see a lot of the prowess. Like I loved how there was like one of those Mandalorians that like dove into the water. Yeah. And, and, and it wasn't, it wasn't Mando. Right. No. Like they, they rescued Mando and this other one came in and did it. And, and again, I'm glad that they take the time to show that because I don't, I don't know. Like, I think like if Mandalorian or Mandalorian, if Mando was like the only one capable of doing all these things, it would kind of, I mean, it it or what? It would be cool, but at the same time, like it wouldn't be as cool as, as the direction that they decide to take where it's like, no, like you are brought up in this world and this clan with these ideals and, and you're trained. I mean, like they are absolutely, dedicated to what it is that, that they do. I just think it's, it's neat that like Mando doesn't have to be the one who's always like doing like the big epic rest action kind of thing. Like it was cool to see him do it from time to time. Like, I think it was in season one, um, when he, he had to take on that huge beast that came out from underneath the ground. Oh, that was, uh, no, that was uh, that was like one of the first episodes of this season, like that dragon with the sand people. Yes, yeah, that was the, okay. Yeah, that's where that's where he got the uh, that's where he got Boba Fett's armor that he in, in a sense gave to 
Boba right. Fett towards that's the right. end. That's right. Thank you. Welcome. That was so like we got to see something like that. We're like, whoa! Like again, we get we, we get to witness the prowess of Mando being able to do what he can and and uh, be able to take on some sort of huge beast like that. But at the same time, fast forward to like the fisherman scene, and it's cool to see how Mando needed help, and sure. luckily help was there, and we got to also see a different Mandalorian go in and impress the socks yeah. off me. You know, I'm glad they kind of did away with the whole this is the way thing. Um, because in the in season one, I, I they said it a little... They got right to the line with keep on saying it like again and again, like re- refreshing us. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. I didn't find it annoying, though. Like, I really That's liked it. I thought that that was actually... Yeah, know, it, it didn't get annoying, but it, it, they said it enough where, like, I... I didn't want him to say it again. And you have to remember too, in, in the first season, he, we, like we see his clan, right? Like we see like all these different types of Mandalorians. And so as a result, like that is like the slogan that they say. And in, you know, if you look at season two, clearly he's not around as many. So therefore sure. um, it's not said as, as much, but um, I actually really liked that as a slogan in the star Wars uh, universe, just because what do we normally think of as a slogan in Star Wars? The Force may be with you. May the Force be with you. Mm-hmm. However, that's that's kind of a May the Fourth. The thing about it is, like, like <laughs> it tends to be more of a Jedi-oriented slogan, but at the sure. same time, it's not exclusive to the Jedi. No, like, you have not. other folks who who also say it, it as yeah. this like farewell or like you, you know, whatever. Like me, you say it all the time to the neighbors. To strangers. May the force be with you, bruh. <laughs> you too, bruh. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> yeah. uh, I couldn't resist. What else did you like about season two? Season two. Well, I tell you what. Um, when his ship got blown to pieces. Oh. Man, that ship has been through hell. Hell. Well, yeah. It t- talk about your, your reaction when, when that happened and also when we are first introduced to Bubba Fett. Oh, so, um, man, I didn't know what was going to happen. I, I was, when when the actor came on screen, I thought, I've seen that guy somewhere before. And uh, he introduces himself. I'm like, no, that can't be. It can't be him. It can't be him. And I thought, this is going to be tough because I know I've seen that guy somewhere in Star Wars. <laughs> well, I, well, even before he took his helmet off, like, were you, were you thinking to yourself, okay, are you know, is this going to be someone different or are they, or are uh, they going to get actually like the, the same actor from well, episode? Uh, that's it? the thing you saw. His, you saw his ship flying around when Grogu was on the rock. And so Mando season, I, I don't know if you recognize it or not, but I definitely recognize it. I'm like, Oh nuts. This is going to go south. Well, and, but yeah. So you, so you recognize the ship. Yeah. But then as you see Boba Fett come out, um, Oh, I, you know what? I don't recall. Was he maskless when he when he stepped out of his ship? He was maskless. He was maskless. Okay, yeah. And he was shooting at Mando. I thought that was so great. Um, I thought it was cool when when he was just dropping fools left and right, like just. Pew, pew, pew. I thought he was just gonna like toss the pistol around and like juggle it and just. Pew, pew. Uh, I was. 
awesome. And yeah. his fighting <laughs> style was different than Mando's. Yeah. He had a little more aggression in his movements. Like, I feel like Mando is quick when he needs to be, and he's resourceful. Boba is more like... He's more like executioner. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. He's, he's lived through... The hard times, and he knows just how dangerous people can get. He doesn't have any patience. Well, he watched his dad's head get lopped off. Yeah, that'll do something to you. Mm. That'll leave a mark, Russ, yeah. when you're on your childhood. Yeah. So, uh, but when he gets his armor, and, but what, you know what was cool though, uh, towards the end of that? I mean, that ship blew up, and I was like, no! That was a cool ship. That was a cool ship. You know, that ship was, uh, it reminds me of like, a hot rod kind of versus like some of the more modern cars, you know, like a, like a 69 Chevelle or something, you know? And if someone knows how to drive it right, it's awesome. And like they can drift and they can just make a drag race and you know, whatever. And then some of the modern cars, you have to kind of hop them up a little bit to do the same thing, but yeah, they're still kind of cool because they have all like the new equipment on them or whatever. That's what, what this kind of was. And so whenever Mando was flying around in that, that old looking ship, it still looked cool, even though it looked clunky. It looked clunky and it didn't have the highest level of agility either. No, but he knew like the weight of the ship and he knew how to every way, which way it had to navigate it, thrust, air brake, whatever. And so all the newer ships really had to compete with the really old ship. And because man don't do every inch of that thing, he could, he could maneuver it like a Porsche. Mm-hmm. Not sponsored by Porsche. Resourceful. And uh, <laughs> I wish we were sponsored by Porsche. <laughs> Anyhow, every scene with it was cool. And, um, you know, there were times when the, when the thing, you know, like in the ice level, I thought, oh, man, what's going to happen now? That thing yeah. is toast. This is jacked. Oh, yeah. gosh. Yeah, and then it's gone through a lot. But when they blew it up, in that in that episode, and Mando goes in and he finds the last piece of Beskar, which is that spear, and he hands it to Boba Fett, saying, "You know, that you held up your end of the deal, sort of thing. Here you go." And I yeah. thought, I mean, my my jaw almost in that entire episode was just on the floor with a pile of drool starting to come out. Yeah, uh, I just love that episode. Golly, um, and then. You could see the respect shown between you know both sides. They both knew that each other were, had skills. They were both dangerous. They both had like vision of what they wanted to to do. Um, I mean, oh gosh. And so he says, "Well, I'm not I'm not done with my end of the deal yet. We're, yeah. We are going to uh, you know I have to do this to, to feel good about myself, my self esteem." And so uh, you know on they go. But you know I, Russ, you know what you have to do. What? You. Me? I'm looking at you. You're going to do me? You could get hired to draw some of those credits pictures. You know? <laughs> those are really well done. Um, possibly. I think you'd have a field day with those. Oh, no doubt. I, would, I, I don't know if I can necessarily get to that level of detail, but I could certainly do the post-production on them and animate them, do Russ, the whole motion graphics side of things. I really appreciated the, the credits because, uh, I mean, you know, the credits oftentimes don't change. They have a few guest stars. Yeah. Whatever, but, I mean, you saw, 
I mean, just it, it was kind the, of like a recap of what you just watched. Yeah, but it made the credits fun. Yeah, it did. I mean, I really appreciated the art. I thought, I mean, I thought about you. Actually, I thought about you every time I was watching the credits, even in season one, because I'm like, man, that Ross could really just do that. He could. I'm sure you could see those and be like, yeah, I'll take my walking <laughs> board and I'll animate and render and. <laughs> It would be oh, a lot boy. of fun if, if if I were offered something like that. Man, it'd be hard to turn down for sure. Yeah, it would. What did you think of Luke Skywalker at the end? Of I loved it. I thought, you know, I was wondering how they were going to end the season. And they were coming up on this whole moment of how they, they kidnapped the child, right? Yes. And so Mando is trying to... to feverishly find him. And we, you know, we haven't really talked too much about the bond that has been forged between the child and Mando. Sure. I thought it was very refreshing. I thought it was sincere and authentic. It didn't come across as hokey or forced. Like I, it was really cool to like see a character like Mando who is such a maverick. Mm hmm. Um, all of a sudden, like have something like this that was normally more of a, a contract assignment and then turn into like, wow, like 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 he actually has feelings for the child. He still wants to, to get the child to um, its proper destination. But still, like I, I really liked the the journey that it, like it, it didn't end at the end of season one, how it went into right. season two. And uh, honestly, I'm glad that he was able to drop it off um, with Luke at the end, as opposed to having the child still in season three, just because I feel like, like that was like the proper amount of time to see like the story arc between the two. But I, I also really loved, um, I can't, I, you know, I, one of the things I struggle with, with the show is I just can't remember like the different character names. Cause there are quite a few different oh, characters kinda. in there. They're not as easy to remember Star as like Warsy. Luke or Leia or Hunt. Or like they, they have <laughs> other names. I'm just Chewy. like, what? So I apologize for that. But um, the 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 main villain, the antagonist who was on the Star Destroyer, who kidnapped the child in the first place, who had those kind of killer robot types. The which, Dark Troopers. The Dark Troopers. Thank you. You're welcome. Which, by the way those designs actually a lot of the designs that they are using was um, created by Ralph McQuarrie, who was one of the original concept artists that George Lucas hired for the original trilogy. And he ended up making all kinds of concepts for different characters and vehicles and planets. I mean, it was just crazy. Like how much of a, amazingly vivid creative imagination this guy had. And so I was really pleased to see them implement some of, of his design sensibilities into the dark troopers. So that like kind of design that look he made back in like the seventies is <laughs> really, really cool. Hmm. I think anyway, but in terms of how it led up, you know, I, I was curious to see what was going to happen with that entire sequence. I'm glad that it was building up to that moment where they faced off against the main antagonist. Moff Gideon. Thank Russ. you. Moff Gideon. Moff Gideon. I thought it was just a, a perfect way to end season two. Honestly, to have Luke Skywalker come in, and it was like early 80s Luke Skywalker style. Coming in, has like the 1983 Return of the Jedi uh, haircut, 
same kind of movements, watching um, him easily dispatch. Like you could see, you could tell he's like more of a Jedi master and, uh, and he's clearly starting up his Jedi Academy and that's where he's going to take the child and everything. I thought that was wonderful. And honestly, like that was something that I, it caused me to think about how in the movies in star Wars, seven, eight, and nine, I, I didn't like how they ended up, offing everybody that we cherish and love from the original trilogy, whether yeah, it was that, Luke or Leia or Han or ideas sucked Russ. <sighs> yeah. Like I, I just, I really didn't, I didn't like that approach at all because these are characters that are absolutely beloved and it, fine. If you had like one of them, right. Then it's like, okay, I can get behind that. There's weight <laughs> behind that type of situation, but you don't do it to everyone. No. And so it was fantastic to just watch in the Mandalorian as we see like this, this like young, healthy, sprightly Luke Skywalker post return of the Jedi, totally able to handle himself. He has become a Jedi master. I just, I loved it. I, th- I thought that that was really, really great. And honestly, it reminded me of when I was playing, um, the last Jedi and you know, you get to the end of that and you come across someone who like, you know, spoiler alert, if you haven't played star Wars, the last Jedi, then I don't know. It's not the last Jedi. It's fallen Jedi night, right? I've been playing fallen order. Jedi, Jedi fallen order. Yeah. Why don't you, why don't you check on yours? Over there, yeah. Okay. Do a little double yeah, check. Yeah, while I'm doing yeah. That. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, at the end of that, here's a spoiler alert. So if you haven't played the game, um, you get to the moment where Darth Vader is all of a sudden revealed as this last character that's there. And the the presence that, that Vader has and just being a surprise, I thought that this was almost like the Jedi version of that where now we get to see Luke in that kind of same time period era, which I, honestly, I, th- I want to say the game also took that type of approach where it was in between episodes six and seven Jedi f- star Wars, Jedi fallen order. There it is. Fallen order. What? I don't know. Ah, you, you, fell, you fell down on your order there. Uh, I am on the struggle man. bus tonight. I apologize. However, that game is fantastic. Apology accepted. Well, I got to tell you, when the show began, though, I saw the recap, even though I just kind of watched it. But uh, <laughs> I took a break a little bit and came back. And um, and so watching again with everything they had leading up to it, where they, they, they're saying, okay, you have to get this thing to a Jedi Master. And then, you know, this is not it. You got to go here and you got to go here. You got to go to here and again and again and again. And it was not just a recap of the last episode that you just watched, but it, it did a recap. From quite a ways back. Yeah, yeah. And so I thought, okay, I think I know what the, where they're going this time. And I and I predicted it was going to be Luke Skywalker could because, I mean, the, the show does give a lot of fan service, which is a very, very good thing. How would you predict that Luke Skywalker uh, was going to be I, because, in the show? Because, okay, I did, that would have been the best case scenario. I mean, if they were to do somebody like, okay, here's the season finale. Here's someone you've never heard of. You know, well, you never know. I, I doubted that was gonna be the case. I, I mean, either way, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Yeah. I just thought that okay, they've been leading up towards a Jedi. This is the season finale. What 
how cool would it be to have Luke Skywalker make an entrance? Okay, well, so it wasn't like a foregone conclusion of like, I know Luke's going to show up. No, it wasn't like that. Okay. I, I just oh, thought okay. it would be cool, and I think that's what they're going to do, yeah. and they did it. But right before that happened, I forgot about that. <laughs> and so they, they, when, when that X-Wing flew in, I thought, is that the rebellion coming to save oh, the day? <laughs> And is like, that, is that only- the same guy that <laughs> bailed me out in the, the snow glacier? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh, thank goodness those guys are back. Man, they're really on it. <laughs> yeah, they've been following me. Yeah. And um, I love that though, like seeing that, that, that solo X-Wing just kind of peacefully, yeah, calmly just come peacefully on in. Peacefully come in. And, uh, and, and then they said that, you know, the Jedi will be watching when Grogu kind of gets on this little stone and you yep. never see that happening. So I thought, okay, it's all kind of coming together. And then they were kind of trying to uh, calm in the the X-Wing and there was no response. I'm like, mystery, mystery overload. This is great. And then I saw the green lightsaber and I was like, ah! Were, were you, were you re- like really pumped? Oh gosh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was trying to keep it down. My wife was sleeping, but. See, um, I wish that we watched it together because that would have been fantastic to experience that and like geek out over that together at the same time. Cause like I've been holding that in all this time and now thankfully you've watched it, but I'm glad that, that, that you also, I mean, it sounds like, like, like you really felt like that was a great payoff to season two. Yes. But I will say a little more budget towards the mouth animation. Um, I thought that would be fine for a video game. For a Disney show, I was like, oh, you guys, I mean, that didn't kill it for me, but I just thought that that that's the last image of the season that I'm going to see. Oh, sure. Is, uh, is Luke Skywalker, the horseman with you. <laughs> I, didn't, so, <laughs> I didn't think it was that bad. I was like, I, I didn't think it was very good. I mean, it, it, I didn't think it was amazing, but I didn't think it was like there, there were like other instances. Like I think when, when it came to uh, what was it? Um, <sighs> Rogue Star Wars Rogue Squadron. Remember when uh, it got to the end of that and you saw Leia? It was like a CG Leia. Um, she looks pretty good, but like her mouth, I thought was not as articulate when, when she was speaking as it could have been. Hmm. But, um, you know, it's funny that, that you bring that up. I'm actually trying to, I'm searching for, um, something that's insane. I don't know if you've seen this or not. But, okay. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to say, okay, if I compare this to the first justice league, when they kind of digitized over, um, Henry Cavill's mustache, uh-huh. like that was beyond terrible. It wasn't So this was not as bad as that by a long stretch, but I couldn't help but notice that they, they definitely skimped on it. That's all I'm trying to say. That's all I'm really driving at there, Russ. <laughs> but you know, while you're still, you know, taking a sweet time looking at that, um, they didn't tie one of the knots, Russ. One of the knots meaning that, um, Mando didn't fight. What's her face? Bo-Katan, I think her name was. Uh, for that dark saber, which I thought was kind of lousy. They even brought it up like they had to fight because I thought he got it. No, no, he got it from yeah. the bad dude. Yeah, but and he didn't have to kill the bad dude to get it. 
And so it didn't make sense for him to try to have to fight Bo-Katan so that she could like use the sword when, uh, I mean, he would just say, okay, we fight. I yield. Here you go. And I thought, actually, I thought that was kind of cool because it would have been kind of cheesy and kind of cliche. Like, oh, we now the two good guys have to fight to the death and one's going to die. You know, I thought that was going to be cheesy. But then he goes, look, I ain't fighting you for it. I don't even want this thing. I just wanted to see the kid to safety here. Oh, we fight. Okay, I yield. Here you go. I thought mm, that's kind of cool. But then I thought, why would they have to fight anyway? I just don't get it. Like, I don't know. To me, that just kind of was so-so. But I guess they'll wrap it up in the third season. Yes. Well, okay, so uh, th- there are, like, a couple of these that, that I, you know, I, I honestly should have uh, looked for this. I had a feeling we were going to talk about oh, this. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, there are a couple of different instances of this, and uh, and it's crazy. Like, so these guys over here, here's just a sec. If you if you look at these guys, they um, made a better CGI Luke Skywalker. This is actually a, a really uh, fun channel to watch. Let me just see where they're going here with this. Okay, so this is if you watch it, this is their Luke Skywalker that they made. That looks great. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty nuts. Um, and I don't know if they're going to like kind of do a side-by-side comparison here or not, but what's amazing is, is like, I mean, you look at that and like he, look at that. Yeah. I'm hoping that they, they do. Okay. Yeah. So, the so, mouth movements are still a bit. Off, okay. There but. you go. There's your, there's your comparison. So on the left is what you saw in the Mandalorian. The one on the right is what they did. Yeah. And these guys are, uh, super talented CGI artists, but, um, Really, really neat to see like, okay, what's possible? What can you actually do? And this was actually not the one I was thinking of. There's another one out there that someone else did. And um, it it, it is also just as impressive. So um, they have a lot of fun going around and and doing different types of, uh, you know, change ups to like various CGI uh, characters that they see and that sort of thing. So anyway, really, really cool. Um, so we've talked a lot about the different areas of the season that we really enjoyed a lot. Mm-hmm. In conclusion, what did you think of, of the seasons overall? Well, let me put it this way. Um, it, it feels so good to have a star Wars that the entire fan base can get around. Oh yeah. Once again, because if, if anyone's listened to our reviews of uh, the Star Wars where I guess Kathleen Kennedy was Star in, Wars in, Last in Jedi the, in the forefront, um, I yeah. I hated them. I mean, I'm just being real. I hated them. And, and the community was definitely divided. You had people who were like, oh, I'll take anything with the name Star Wars on it. I love it. And the other team go, and the other side goes, you're not doing the series justice whatsoever. Like, you know, I've, I've loved this stuff since I was five years old. I'm yeah. now you know, I'm 35 and 45 years old. And now I hate, you know, I what don't kill star Wars for me. Yeah. And now everyone can rally behind it again. And, um, I mean, I just, I just think it's extremely well written and I think it's, it brings it home. I think it, it, it makes star Wars real. I don't think that there has to be star Wars on an epic scale all the time. And, um, I've always wanted to explore like this area where, where did, um, 
you know, where did the Mandalorians go? Where did Boba Fett go? There's tons of different corners of the galaxy that have yet to be explored. Let's explore it. And um, man, I I just think I mean it's it's hard to find criticism. Yeah, it, it's really hard to find. I thought the music was well done. Uh, I like the little theme song, you know, the kind of westerny theme song, and they didn't play it out like way long. It was just yeah. short and sweet. Um, I thought Pedro Pascal did a great job. Um, I thought Gina Carano did a great job. I, I liked how they had a bunch of guest people, like every episode. Yeah. They're like, oh, I know that actor, and and, and it, everybody played their part very well. It's really, it is really hard to find criticism, and I, but I do like, I can appreciate how. Um, I'm going to say how slow it is, mm-hmm. but slow in a good way where I didn't want it to be fast. Yeah. Because you, sometimes you watch a movie and the movie is over and that's it. And that's all you get. And you have to wait a couple more years for like another movie to come out. Maybe they we won't come out with another movie, you know? Um, but this thing, they really wanted to, to develop the relationship and, and build that, that character foundation. And, um, and I and I think they're reaping the rewards for it. I think people are salivating for more, and I I hope they continue with the formula that they have going because it's a great formula. What rating would you give it? I would give it a I would give it a four and a half star. Four point five stars from this man. How you doing? <laughs> oh well, okay. So for me, I man, I. I'm with you. I think that this is a, definitely a success story when it comes to how you properly execute some sort of Star Wars storytelling. I think that the movies as of late in terms of episodes seven, eight, and nine really missed the mark. There were certain aspects to them that I did like, but unfortunately they fell short for me personally. However, when I look at something like The Mandalorian, The Mandalorian was from beginning to end executed perfectly the delivery on how they introduce this character. And like I said earlier in the show about how you have this microcosm that where, you know, if you take like a magnifying glass within the, the universe of star Wars and you look right over here, like what's going on, there is this wonderful ecosystem that exists. And the fact that they decided to go with that spaghetti Western style, I thought was also really refreshing because I don't think people necessarily were expecting that. And I'm glad that like you get to see all the different walks of life, right? That like go on where where he encounters different types of uh, aliens and species. Go ahead, just 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 tap it. Um, it's my alarm to allow me to wake up in the morning. Just kidding. It's about that time. <laughs> but anyway, I I really did appreciate like how he had those 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 chance encounters, and you didn't know if if the person or or alien or creature that he came across was going to be friend or foe. And maybe like they kind of straddled the line a little bit where like, depending on the circumstance, they were like these, like the sand people. Yeah. I loved all the encounters with the sand people. Yeah. Like there, there was just a lot of thoughtfulness that went into how do we take these different types of characters that are beloved by fans for decades and generations. How do we give, them a little more meat and potatoes and it doesn't have to be overbearingly so and it also is not done in a way that takes away from the allure of the world like it was it wasn't like midi chlorians right oh, like it wasn't like like that that moment yeah. where all of a sudden like the 
the mystique of what the force is was somehow explained away through science. It's like, no, 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 we, we don't want that. That's, that's, <laughs> that's not what you do in star Wars. And so, um, when it came to this, I feel, especially when it came to season two, I mean, season one was great on its own merits, but season two, it was like every, like just literally every episode that we came across it was, they were all just terrifically produced and created. One of the things I think is also worth mentioning that I have a big appreciation for is first of all, they used unreal engine for a lot of their sets. Um, and I don't know if, if they're, I don't, I don't think they're going to continue using unreal engine. I think they've got something else in the pipeline, but the other thing that was equally as impressive and you can see this, online if you do a search for it like some of the behind the scenes of mandalorian is they've constructed this brilliant set that is it consists of these these huge led panels that act as like this like kind of 360 degree wall and then even like for the the ceiling portion as well that they can then project um any kind of fabricated locale or whatever like like to give you an idea like one of the cantina scenes that, that you have seen in one of the seasons, for instance, you know, you, you probably think, Oh, you know, that there was like the, these set dressers and, and production designers who came with this thing that, you know, the, that cantina could have been like some little miniature model about this big that they then were able to bring in and project onto these screens and it connects to the camera so no matter where the camera is rotating, everything is in sync with it. And, so, and not only that, but then the lighting, because LED is very accurate with its color grading and everything else, I'll say. you can have like the, like you can have a studio set that's indoors and then have some sort of outdoor look that's completely CGI, completely fabricated on these screens. And the colors from that accurately reflect onto the actors themselves. So if you're Mando, you've got all that reflective armor, right? It's kind of hard to use a green screen because you're gonna have a green screen being reflected on that armor. Well, they, they could accurately have those colors be cast and, and spill all over the character and it looks real. I mean, it, like just from a technical merit, like an, an industrial light magic is always at the top of their game. They're the cream of the crop. Every time I think they can't possibly go any higher or do any better, they like completely blow away my expectations again and again. So there's that. But I think this is a strong testament also to Disney Plus. I, I, I do want to talk about that briefly about how as a platform, people understood that there is a staple of different types of movies that Disney has acquired, uh, whether it's through their own studios or through other studios that, that they have uh, literally acquired over time. However, people were wondering like, okay, what about the TV shows? What kind of, of shows can, can they make? And you have to remember the Mandalorian was the first original Disney plus exclusive show. And, and, it, and it really did act as a benchmark for all future shows to meet. And to give you an idea, like, for instance, like, like WandaVision, there are aspects of WandaVision that I appreciated and that I thought were, were original and novel and everything else. But the Mandalorian, like, if I ever to compare the two, the Mandalorian is head and shoulders above sure. WandaVision. I don't think it got there. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, we are still two episodes out. We don't know how the season is going to end. But based on what I have seen so far, I will still say I think the Mandalorian is still at the the top of the. He's, they're still king of the hill, 
And so that's, you know, my personal hope is, is that as Disney continues to expand upon their original programming and TV shows is to really pay attention to how the crew how the, and, and the cast are able to continue doing what they're doing with their formula, with their setups, and hopefully be able to take certain nuggets and apply them to some of these other shows. And I, it is interesting to look at because, for instance, Loki is going to be a, an upcoming Disney Plus show. You and I are both looking forward to that. And hopefully there will be more of that in place because I do think that The Mandalorian is one of those rare exceptions where you look at it and despite having all of these other movies that have come before it, that it still was able to find its niche within something that has been established already. And not only that, but like, I mean, people are nuts. Like people like you look on social media and everyone loves what they've done with the Mandalorian. I think it speaks volumes. I think for me, when it comes to season two, I think I'm, I'm going to agree with you. I, I would give it 4.5 stars. Mm, not very often. It's and it, I, I say that just because five stars is very elusive for me to hand out. Like to give you an it idea. Is. Um, like the Empire Strikes Back is a five star experience, and it's very difficult to like get to that point. However, four point five is no slouch, and especially like what they were able to achieve with the Mandalorian. Um, man, I, I just it it makes me feel like a ten year old kid again watching the show, and that that's what it's all about, right? <laughs> I do that every time before I go in the shower now. Oh. <laughs> on that note, that ah. wraps up this episode of Joygasm. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm. You'll find exclusive perks and early access to the show, not to mention it helps us continue doing what we love to do. Also, you can find us on social media. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. Also, you can follow us on Twitch. To see us stream our gaming adventures live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. This is the way. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>